See, maybe you should do the intro. No, no, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. Today we are going to do the roll call of the most esteemed gentleman on this side of gallantry. Auth, auth, is auth a word? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just auth? Why don't you thou hath yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is Sardouge Lingerie present this evening? Good evening. How about the very fair Rapunzelot? Oh, yes, yes, of course I'm here, yes, yes. And the master of strings, the incredible minstrel, Sir Roxalot. <laughs> that is... <a, laughs> we, we, we are mostly all here tonight, all the core members of our gallant little club. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, yes. Yes, yes. For ep- and what episode will be the manner of conversation for this evening? I think we've got a we've got a very amazing show lined up for the the simple folk that are listening to our conversation. <laughs> Man, this is hard to keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do it. Like my throat starts to hurt. Come on, pump a loss. Pumps a lot. Pumps. Pumps a lot would be a complete contradictory to my my character. This is true. However, that might be included in in one of the topics of today's episode. So here we are, three episodes in, and uh, I just want to recap a little bit. Uh, How do you guys feel about our our current progress doing this podcast? Oh, lovely, lovely. Lovely. (laughs) Apparently, it's one of the fastest growing podcasts I heard somewhere. The pish posh. Pish posh? posh. Yes. Piffle. Piffle. It gives me wood. (laughs) (laughs) What doesn't? Uh... Fire. Sorry, sorry, man. Well, I think we have a we have an incredible episode lined up for you guys this evening. We got we got a bunch of topics. As of course, we try to get some gentleman class going, as well as some other topics that might not be so gentlemanly. And uh, I guess I'll start us off today with uh, with a gentleman's topic, uh, which is uh, how uh, how do you feel honor plays in today's society? Do you feel like honor still exists? Do you feel like it's kind of gone the way of the dodo? What what do you guys think? How does honor play out in today's society, at least for, for us as gentlemen? Well, from what I've seen, what I've experienced, I, I'd like to fantasize that honor and honorable actions and honorable intentions are still prevalent. But... It seems if the news media is to be believed and if the people that I've encountered in everyday life are to be believed, that honor is is hiding. I won't say it's dead, but it, it certainly seems to be hiding. And sometimes 
I think people are afraid to do the honorable thing, even when they know what that thing is. But I think uh, a lot of what we are bombarded with from the media, what we see on the news, what we see in movies and TV, kind of cloud our judgments when it comes to making honorable decisions. For example, if you come across a large cache of money, occasionally we hear about someone doing the honorable thing and returning that money or trying to find its rightful owner. But uh, unfortunately, I, I have to believe that more often than not, those who find large sums of money don't necessarily seek out its rightful owner. It's to me, you know, like think about uh, venereal diseases back when and now when you talk about honor and people cheating behind their girlfriends or wives. Personally, I can't believe as I got older and talking to my friends that got married and people around me, people at work, et cetera, et cetera, how many people actually do it? It floors Cheat? Me. Cheat. Really? Oh, so yes. people have admitted to you that they've cheated? That you yeah, know? of course. Guys will talk and it's like, and I cannot for the life of, I mean, it got to a point where it was getting in my head. Like, that, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> I am ugly. But no, I'm just kidding. You are, you are no, definitely not fairest Rapunzelot. But seriously, yeah. Um, so to me, honor shot out the window when it comes to what we want to call gentlemen. Oh, I don't think there's, I, I really don't think there's ever been any. I think it's always been something that could be worn uh, on uh, outside of you. Like to, worn on, uh, like a sleeve, right? That was, yeah. Exactly. It's just been like, I had this thought for a second, like, oh, you know, there was some time in the past there was no, there never was. There never was. There were always games being played and 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 uh, the master running into the closet with his, you know, serving wench. And I mean, it's it's human nature. It's it's human nature to sell out your buddy and then and then, you know, feign honor. It's just now with cameras, it's way harder. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that puts a whole new spin on the old saying, there is no honor among thieves. Oh, in other yeah, words, yeah. There, there's no honor and there never has been. No. And I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I, had, I, had a, uh, I dropped a wallet uh, a couple of years back in parking lot at the postal service. And it did, it took me like maybe all of 20 minutes or a half an hour of looking for it where I was like, Oh wait, you know, I was got, I went to the grocery store and I didn't have it. And I just traced my steps and I'm like, you know what? It was probably in between my legs and I came out of the truck and it fell on the floor. So the first thing I, I looked around and then the first thing I did is just called up all my card companies and, and just said, Hey, you know, I lost my wallet. Here's, you know, cancel all these. Well, I had not realized that I had my band's business card in there because I was just on my way to the studio and I was going to get some gear, um, get some things we needed to, to get. And, um, it was the one card I didn't cancel. And so over the weekend, a local somebody who, and I live two blocks away from the post office. So whoever had my wallet could see my ID, could see I lived two blocks away and they chose instead to go on a weekend uh, spending spree with my band's card, which, and the band is all locals also. And it didn't take me very long to figure out who it was. And, you know, the police did, you know, very little what they were going to do. And, and, and I just decided to let it go. We weren't going to get the money back right away because it was a business account. 
Um, but eventually they did. We got all the money back and everything like that. But my point is, is that fuck is a criminal. Yeah. He was going to act like a criminal no matter what. And since then, I've seen him in our local paper to be he's been arrested for this or that or whatever. His father's a prominent businessman. He's in business for himself. And I just was just like, there's there is no honor. You know, if you're a criminal, you're a criminal. Yeah. See, no, I here, thought here. that story was going to end by you saying, so me and the guys got in the van. Yeah. This fuck's house and beat the crap. Out of well, that's that's. <laughs> you have not believed how many times I've wanted to do that, but this is where I went with it is, is, you know, the police, the, I did more investigating than the police did. I found, I got copies of receipts. I found out eventually he got drunk one time at a local, um, local resort and actually signed his initials or his nickname initials. And with that, I was able to, to figure out who it was via social media, um, actually got on the phone with the, the resort restaurant talked to them the, everyone remembered him who it was and the whole and sure enough they told me that their family was staying there i got all of it i gave it to the police department and and the greatest th- the best thing advice i got was from the cop and he just said you know you've done a real good job up to this point don't fuck it up <laughs> and i went really? okay nice. i won't you know and why is because they had everything on you and if you would have done something they would have nailed you Exactly. And that's where it came down to. And it wouldn't necessarily been that. It's like this guy knows where I live. I don't live alone. I have dogs. You know, I have no idea what level that he would go to if I started messing with him. And it turns out that my neighbor behind me, his sons are friends with him. So I just decided to that, you know, karma is going to catch up with him Mm. someday, some way. The day I run into him face to face, who knows what's going to happen. But in the meantime, he's been picked up for drug possession. He's been picked up for various other things. And it's like he's on his path. He's a criminal. He'll stay a criminal. And it was just so hard because I sat there and I went, you know, you stole from your community. You stole from people in your community. And it was just it's 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 heartbreaking up here because this is a community where we actually keep our doors unlocked still. And, and, you know, every once in a while we hear about somebody rummaging through cause no one locks their cars. They even leave their keys in their cars Wow! because it's just, <laughs> no one's ever done. I mean, that's it doesn't crazy. happen. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and we're still, and that's the way this place is like, I know people that have actually don't even own a key to their home cause they've never locked it. Wow. And, you know, and that's, and that's because this small town community, you know, this was a place where it was even 20, you know, 25 years ago, where if you started, you know, you got in your car and started driving home drunk uh, and and the cop pulled you over, he'd just follow you and make sure you got home safe without hurting anybody. Really? <laughs> did did you, you know? guys give him Christmas presents and stuff? Wow. <laughs> and the sheriff knew everybody and everyone knew the sheriff. And that's the way it was like. Now, it's different now because we have, you know. We have big city folk that have moved in, and this became a very, you know, it, the community changed a lot. Yeah, but Aunt that, B must be pissed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it didn't change the core value of this community, which is you don't lock your doors here. No one, you know, no one goes through and rummages your stuff. But you know, it's happening more and more, and and you sit there and you go, okay, there, here comes this honor thing. You know, the, here it com- here it comes. How how are we going to treat our fellow? You know, our fellow neighbors are just, you know, I think one of the worst 
things that can happen is when somebody does, and I'm not talking about vandalism. I mean, that's always stupid and there's, you know, real crimes and stuff, but when someone just sees their, you know, whatever they're walking home and, and they're, they've been to the bar and they see a bike on the side of a house. Cause we don't lock up our bikes either. And they just grab the bike and they never bring it back. Or, uh, we have people that literally steal at garage sales all the time. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's just amazing. That's the, that's the stuff that blows me away. You remind me of a story when I was a kid, we were walking home. It was about one o'clock in the morning and my friend had his bike. So we were going to go to the park. So he says, let me just drop my bike off. So he rode down the alley and uh, went in. And all of a sudden, a cop car just goes bolting down after him down this alley, turns on the lights. And here he thought he stole this bike. <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of he was just putting his own bike away. And that took about an hour for us to explain to them what was going on. Then, <laughs> <laughs> it's my bike. <laughs> You know, I'm starting to wonder, and, and maybe my understanding of, of how honor is perceived may be a little backward, but isn't honor or the act of being honorable a moral judgment? You know, I just more looked, than anything. I just looked something up. I'm just going to read you something here. It was I was looking at the old definition of honor. This was from Dr. Samuel Johnson. Mm. He mm, defined yes, honor yes, yes. as having several senses, the first of which was nobility of soul, magnanimity, and scorn of meanness. This sort, sort of honor derives from the perceived virtuous conduct and personal integrity of the person endowed with. On the other hand, Johnson also defined honor in relationship to reputation and fame, to privilege of rank or birth, and as respect of the kind which places an individual socially and determines his right to precedence. This sort of honor is not so much a function of moral or ethical excellence as it is a consequence of power. That is so goddamn true when you yeah, think about it. And that's where I, that's where I think, uh, Dooge, you started with is this idea that, you know, that it's hidden behind. And, and that's why I said it's always been that way because people who have prestige and property and, and financial backing – they can put up a front of honor yes. and mm. then go yeah. screw around behind, you know, and do all sorts of stuff and use that power in a dishonorable way. But because Bill of Cosby, <coughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Perfect Great example. example. Yeah. And then the one thing that I wanted to bring up, which applies to the first example, is the level of conduct when I'm in a, and I'm, I, this generally happens with me more on Facebook because my Twitter is for fun. My Facebook, mm -hmm. I delve into politics and I see people be just downright rude and just their language is abhorrent and there's no reason to be that way. And even it's as simple as I had one friend of mine uh, call me out on this because it was something fun. I don't know if you guys remember George Carlin back 20 something years ago. Yep, yep, he did boy. a bit with, um, uh, you know, uh, Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney, Colin Powell, you know, and and Bush, you know, and he's just like, you know, you got, you know, Dick Cheney, Colin Powell, you know, someone's getting fucked in the ass. Right. <laughs> you know, and then you have Bush. It's like. Of with the genitals oh without gosh. being actually the genitals, you know. <laughs> so you know, and so he has this whole skit, right? And so um, I was kind of riffing on that in the middle of this one conversation, and my friend Darren pointed out and said, "Why do you, you why do you have to do that? I don't see any reason why you have to uh, call people, 
you know, like we, you know, oh, oh, Barry for Obama and all these names, you know, yeah. and like we used to call uh, the second George Bush shrub. And, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they have all these, you know, right. You don't have to do it. No, you can have the debate without and the conversation without introducing any of that. And I went, you know what? You're right. And if other people want to do it, that's fine. But I won't. And it was a great lesson. I have to thank Darren for that ever since then is like, you know, and and it's is this is actually kind of interesting. A, a few weeks ago, I got into a little back and forth with some real conservative guys. And and uh, one of them just all of a sudden started throw because the position I was taking would be more of a liberal position. And he started calling me uh, some stupid lib and blah, blah, this and da, 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 da. Right, and yeah. I didn't and I, and I didn't take the bait. I just I I stayed very consistent. I called out where he was inconsistent and it was fascinating. He came back around and he said, you know what? I like you, Heno. I just did a tactic that I usually do to a lot of liberals that makes them lose <laughs> their minds and you didn't Crazy. fall for it. And I was like, cool. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I realized that that's true trolling. Mm. Now, where's the honor in that? Yeah. If you have to... Well, this it, no. this. uh Final statement this guy, this doctor wrote was finally with respect to sexuality, honor has traditionally been associated with or identical to chastity or virginity or in a case of married men and women, fidelity. But this last sentence is really good. Some have argued that honor should be seen more as a rhetoric or set of possible actions than as a code. And I think yeah. that's where you're getting that, right, is it it really is more of an action than than something that's defined by if you do this, you're honorable. Because that yeah. may work in some instances, but or like you say, a front with politicians or with people that empower. Um, but it, don't forget honor in the context of which we're speaking has to be taken inside of a culture because honorable behavior within a European culture may not be honorable with inside a Asian or a subcontinent culture. Right. And that's why I think this sentence makes sense, seen more as rhetoric or a set of possible actions. Well, that's going to be based on what you're brought up with, whatever right. culture or society you brought up with, not a set of rules that somebody decided to post and now it's gospel worldwide. Well, so most of us, they justify, most of us justified, I, I think in, in, I don't think we know honor in the United States anymore. We know dishonor. Yes. You know what I mean? And I look at, uh, uh, I, I want to say it's Malaysia. I, I could be wrong. But anyhow, I know in, in that part of Asia, uh, some and this is based off of religious beliefs, is where you you earn merit. Yeah. And that has more of a positive than a negative where where you it is it is, you know, they believe as part of their culture that that you you earn merit by doing good things and by acting honorably and that you build up merit. And and that's that that is very different than, let's say, you get you know, it's you get bad karma, you know, when you can turn it into a positive thing where you're building. And I don't think we have that in this culture. We don't reward that except for how big of a check you write to your local charity. Well, well that and, and look at the media. Media is all about badness, not goodness, unless you die. Then they'll show honor. You have to well, be dead to show honor, but not any other time. It's dishonor, like you said. We're so fast to jump on somebody, and, and that's news. People gobble that shit up. And that's, that's what we in 
in Western society reward is that type of behavior. If you're shocking, if you're rude, disrespectful, if you're Donald Trump, you get the attention. <laughs> Sorry. And, and we have we have this in the podcast world too and, and television where you go prank somebody or mm. you go, you know, the that whole thing. I mean, it started way back where with the jerky boys. And like yeah. I'll tell you what I, I I don't like, I have never liked like uh radio back in the old shock jock radio days where they'd call someone and punk them. I never liked it. I didn't. I saw, I see no honor in that whatsoever. It just made me feel so uncomfortable. I turned the channel because, because I would say if that ever happened to me, like I would be just so pissed. And you can say, Oh, don't you have a sense of humor? And it's like, yeah, okay. You know, but they take this to levels where they start getting spouses involved, coworkers yeah. involved, and put people actually into potentially risky situations. Yes, you know, and I and that's where I don't, I don't, I've never uh, liked that. I don't like that type of, um, uh, I, I call it cringe flicks. You know, yeah. where someone is just the butt of somebody else's joke through the entire thing. I've never liked that. No, and that that mentality sells. It, it is the bringing the level of emotions, whether they're being comfortable or not, that get people to react. And that's what we all want to see, right? We all want carnage. We all want blood. We all want, you know, the uncomfortable situation that we can talk about. So we're willing to cast aside the ideal of honor, the ideal of, you know, being being upheld to a higher standard to get ratings, to get a reaction. And it, it's prevalent all through Western culture. Yeah, and it's so easy to blame, quote unquote, the man, or, you know, I've been, here's one of the things that, that it's really hard. We've all experienced this before, and this happens in, our, in most people's daily lives, is you sit there and, and you justify doing something dishonorable because you feel you have been dishonored. And mm. that happens in the workplace a lot where someone says, you know, I'm just going to leave a half an hour early and not put it on my time card. Or I'm going to grab a little, you know, some office supplies from the back. Or I'm going to do double, blah, 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 because you know what? Uh, they, I deserve to get paid more. And that is a, that's a tough call. That becomes quite normal in, in, I think, in daily lives because of how what we see you know, it's like, it's like, uh, let's see a friend of mine, you know, is just, she got screwed by the credit card companies and, and, and she says it's, you know, she wants to blame them for it. And, and, and we were talking about my debt and this had to do with my debt. And I was like, it's my debt. No one twisted my pinky to make me go out and buy stuff. I did that, you know, but they do what this, so what? It doesn't matter. And the day that I turned that corner was the day I actually found a lot more joy in my life when I quit blaming others, justifying, you know, cause I have a history of bad behavior and especially with women and it all comes down to one thing, honesty. Mm. And I wasn't honest with other people because guess what? I wasn't honest with myself. Yeah. And that's, you know, for me today is I have a very alternative lifestyle, but I'll tell you what, I'm a hundred percent honest with everybody that's involved with me and and that's the best i can do today that's did right. you ever did you read Excellent. that did you read that book i sent you hanno 
I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, just because what you just said kind of, that's part of that book. Oh. That's why I thought you would find it pretty interesting. Cool. You know, Hanno, I'd like to call back to to what you said about uh, the, the credit issues. And I I know where you're coming from, but there is a lot to put on the shoulders of credit card companies and advertisers because we live in a world where we are constantly marketed to and bombarded and shown how easy it is to get these things. And I know no one twisted your finger, but I can guarantee you, you were heavily influenced as we all are to go beyond your means. So, I mean, sure, there has to be accountability of your own will, but I wouldn't necessarily say that there was no guilt laid on the corporate America, if you will, because the, the art and science of persuasion is, uh, is very, very influential. It's called advertising. Not just yeah, advertising, yeah. but it's not, it's not just that. It's also, it's they like, so I honestly got screwed once. Like I asked all the right questions and I got screwed on a deal. Now I could have asked for, I could have said, well, let me see the, uh, your, you know, the terms and conditions and then I'll agree. And if I'd have done that, I would have seen that, you know, beforehand, but I asked what I consider the right questions, and it turned out later that 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 this particular company who who was who had gotten gobbled up by Bank of America was using misleading tactics. And they're subtle tactics, but they're they were misleading tactics. But in the end, when it comes to it, I look at it as like a choice in this case is, you know that person, we all know that person that's always, always pointing the finger at others and, and always talking about how we're the ones that are getting screwed and blah, 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 this. And, and to me, that's giving away my power to somebody else. That's drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies. And I just have come to a new way of living my life where it's like I own my stuff. It's my responsibility. I'm going to get myself out of it and I'm going to feel proud of it. Here, here. Mm-hmm. But but I'll tell you what, look at look, just what you brought up, just the idea of um, our media advertising. Um, we see this, you know, even even just there's just these subtle tactics. It's like no wonder. And, and to top it off, we set no bars for ourselves any longer when it comes to honor. You know, even if we weren't 100 percent honorable going back in history because, hey, we're human beings, at least we set some cultural bars we said some things, and most people lived up to them. You know, uh, saving yourself for your marriage. You know, people did that. Yep. Certain you expectations. Believe they did well, that. <laughs> not everybody. I'm not everybody did. However, but we we don't even have that bar anymore, except no. within religious community. Certain ways that you address people. Uh, the the you know, she's the way you dress. Um, various look, things. Just look, and to your point, Hino, look at everyday how older people are treated today than how we treated older people when we were growing up just oh, yeah. blows me away. Just well, my, no respect or I guess we're on honor, but still, um, I just can't believe like you're saying the differences, the bars are either gone or, or fading very yeah, quickly. And, and like you said, you know, respect isn't, isn't honor, but there's something to it. I think it's, uh, 
Um, you know, I am never going to be one of those, oh, good old days, you know, that's never going to be me. <laughs> However, like my mother, you, and <laughs> this was great. So my, the first time my mother came and visited me, you know, this was up here in Idaho, like, I don't, you know, six, seven years ago and we're all out to dinner. And my friend, Diana, who's, who's, we're about the same age, um, just in a very, in a very kind meaning way, uh, called my mother dear or something like that. And my mother turned to Diana and said, my name is not dear, honey, or baby. You can call oh, me oh. Ailey or Mrs. Heiter. All right. <laughs> and I was just like, and Diana was like, okay. And Diana respected that. But like anytime, and I have an, another friend that's like that too, where um, uh, my, actually the drummer of my band, Dave and his wife, Deb, they'll be sitting down having um, a meal somewhere. And the waitress will come up at the end and says, can I get you guys anything else? And and Deb says, do I look like a guy? <laughs> you guys. <laughs> and they're from Philly. So, yeah. you know, they know the whole use. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the same as the culture here is it's it's known that kids or younger people will say, sir, to you when they're talking. So at work, I get people like I'll go on the floor and the line leads or whatever. You talk to me and yes, sir. And that's like, whoa, wait a minute. I, I still call people, sir. Yeah, let, yeah, let's just yeah, but it it's so it it sets a bar that shouldn't be there or uh it like almost uh, a curtain or a glass window or some front. And I don't want that. I want you know because then you want them to be open. And if you kind of say, hey, you know, we're on we're on equal terms here. We're all trying to do the same thing, get a job done. So let's drop the sirs and let's just dig in and and get this done. But then it's okay, you know. Like that's at my work, you know. I I. Like we, I will, and we've discussed this in our staff meetings and we've made agreements that we are going to call someone by their last name or call them sir or ma'am until they tell us you can call me, you know, yes. Dave or whatever you want to call them. And then from that point on, we're okay. But leading into that, you know, I'm like with Dave, I, I will call everybody, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, you know, I would rather default to that. And, and. You know, this whole sweetie honey thing, it's like, I don't know you, <laughs> you know, but, it's, but I, I, I feel like unless you... you're extremely attractive or you're one of kind of those old fashioned uh, diner ladies that just has that type of charm, it's it, 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 it sweetie or honey just doesn't work. But I'm talking co-workers. Would you do you call your co-workers, sir? Yes, I do. Um, well, actually, I only have one co-worker, so but I still call him, sir. What about you, Hannah? No, I mean we're we're we we are on a first name basis. Right. We have, well, that that's we kind of what I was saying. I wasn't talking about like you. We have customers, but I'm talking about like being on the floor. That they work for the same company I do, right? You know, I don't. But well, I'll, I'll let me. My where I work is rather small, but in my my old company, we had. I happened to work where our main office was. So we had all the CEOs and the, you know, everyone, the vice presidents and blah, blah, blah. And even though, um, I would call, uh, the, the, he was the vice president at the time. I, I could call Steve, Steve, you know, but his dad, Gene, whose name is on the company, yeah. it was always Mr. Berger. And even though somebody would say that it's okay to call him Gene, I would never call him Gene. I just, and then there was a huge age difference where I just felt that 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 level of respect was justified. Good thing um, his name wasn't Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you mean by giving him that title, you were showing him respect because it was an honorable thing to do. And in that context, the 
honor that you were bestowing upon him? Was that for social gain, gain at work? Or was it just because you felt it was the right thing to do? It's it, it, it was the Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not about gain. It's it's just about respect. You know, like but, yeah. Ha, yeah, having having somebody that's older than you or, you know, if you're addressing, you know, a, a lady you don't know her name, usually I'll always say miss because I find ma'am I've had more but, more women get offended with ma'am that's than yeah, ma'am yeah. respect. But yeah, if you go deeper, like I'm talking in a conversation where you're asking them questions, so this happened today, they go, Yes, sir. No, sir. Once the introductions are done, why do you have to add that? Why can't it be yes or no? Well, it could be just a, it could be just a sign of respect towards you, and you know, and it could be the way that they were brought up or whatever. I mean, I was just brought up with well, that. It definitely is the South. Like I said, you get that more and yeah. like down in the South part, and it's very prevalent. And I'm just, I guess, I'm not used to it coming from Canada because Dave, you probably know that that that's definitely not prevalent up there. Yeah, and, and I carry a lot of a lot of kind of honorable. I, I, I've got a few. Well, you, I've got a few you, stories, but I've just been letting you guys talk because this, this whole thing has been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard Dave. from we haven't heard from Sir Poopala. Uh, pardon me, Pompala. Pump, hey. Pumps, pumps a lot. It's not honorable. Pumps a lot. <laughs> pumps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Uh, <laughs> But that that actually plays into one of my story. Uh, funny enough, <laughs> the, the, there was this girl that I'd been I'd been trying to trying to get into a relationship for years, and it just back and forth just did, didn't happen. And uh, eventually, she reconnected with me, and she had a boyfriend at the time. And she started to admit casually that she had kept having feelings for me and wanted things to go in direction and. Uh, I, I just kept continuing being her friend because, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be that type of guy that, that gives you an opportunity to cheat. And then, uh, one evening she came over and, uh, literally like literally stayed, uh, here with me and wanted me to cheat, like sleep with her. And I just couldn't do it because I, I will not, yeah, I will not be that guy that, uh, that, that lets you, I, I won't disvalue myself so that Anna, you, what do you, you can cheat. So um, you did the I'm honorable in, thing. And I did the honorable it. thing, and that's why I don't pump a lot. <laughs> well, you mean well, you do pump a lot. Is see, that, in fact, you could, probably, you could probably here's, call me Sir Strokes a lot. Here's the thing. She probably was going to dump this guy anyways, and you don't have a girlfriend, so you weren't realistically cheating on anything. No, but I still don't want to be that guy that does that. That gives... Yeah. It just I I'd rather you go break up with the person you are. I'm just giving you a rough time. You did the right. Okay, let, let's <laughs> turn this on its side a little bit. Now, if she had come to you and said, "I really want to leave my boyfriend, but the only way I can do it is if I am with with you." So, at that point, the honorable thing to do would have been to have slept with her. <laughs> no, that would be the thing to do if you want a full-on codependent Klingon as your next girlfriend. Yes, yes. She's go. incapable of being alone before glomming onto the next dude. <laughs> and, ta- I'll, and take it from my experience, I've had a few of those. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, and and guess how I got dumped? 
when they were when they'd already set themselves up with the next guy. Exactly. And I find I find well, that wasn't very honorable. At I'm all. not I'm not I'm not pooling women all in the same class here and because it could be said either way for guys. But I, I've had girls like that where it's like they just like either break up with you and the next day they're already with somebody or they're already starting to see somebody before they've broken up with you. Exactly. It's like mm-hmm. it's like they have to have something in their life where guys guys will like fret over it, be heartbroken and cry and drink and be miserable, but then five months later they're fine there's and they 10, can try to oh, find I was somebody. Say, else. There's ten minutes gone by. Yeah, well they'll go uh, sleep with somebody. <laughs> so so just like I have so I have an open relationship, but our one of our rules is we don't sleep with anyone that's married, you know, that we know of. It you know, it it can happen. I can't, you know, we you don't get to know everybody at that level, but that's just kind of a thing where you sit there and you go, I don't want to either be that I don't want to be that person in somebody else's relationship, and I don't want to be that in my relationship. And the reason we have that rule, my girlfriend and I have that rule, is because we have we have done a lot of bad behavior. And the best way to, you know, we are making a living amends that we are never going to, you know, do certain things that were dishonest um, that we did in the past. This is way, you know, finding a new way of living. So, you know, even though even though you're not doing the cheating, you're part of the act of cheating. So if you were involved or got to know a lady who is in a relationship where her husband would have been amenable to an open relationship. So that would still count as a no go. No, that's okay because then that's that goes into the whole, you know, this is open, this is upfront, this is honest. And and in that case, I mean, hey, if when so you start it's running not a hard and fast rule then. It's 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 the idea of of you're doing something, you know, if well, I it find could be it, hard and fast. Sorry, didn't well, yeah. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to get that in there. <laughs> and I can't believe I walked into that one. <laughs> I was I, I was hoping to save uh, a lot of this for uh, when I had you on one of my other shows, Hanno. But um, how do you maintain a relationship with somebody, even though you've you've agreed that you're in an open relationship, both of you, that you can come home or or be together and still know that the other person's gone out and and done something? What it comes down to is a, you know, first of all, you you, you have to be okay with. You know, you can't be a jealous person, right? You have to be completely okay with somebody being involved with somebody else. If you can't do that, then it's just not your thing. Um, I look at it, the second part of it is is also the the fact that how we do it is we have an emotional a commitment to each other. Now we have both been a couple of sluts our entire lives. So the, you know, going off and being physical with somebody else has never been an issue for either of us as individuals. The problem was, is that we would, when we would get an emotional relationship or have an emotional commitment to somebody, it was, it was basically a big lie because the truth of the matter is in our natures, we, you know, we go around, that's who we are. But for the, but, and that's how we met in a way was we had this conversation of like, do you think it'd be possible to have an emotional commitment to somebody and and yet then, you know, be OK with share, you know, with an open physical relationship. And I look at it to me, it was like I finally understood what it would be like for somebody that was gay, that had been trying to be heterosexual and and finally just went, OK, I'm not, you know, why am I pretending I'm married and and this is you know why am i pretending and that's why my life was like i would go out and try to pretend that i was going to be in a relationship when the truth of the matter was is i i couldn't do it 
And all of a sudden it was like this giant weight was lifted off me. The fact that, Hey, I don't have to play. I don't have to, you know, play committed guy anymore, you know, and I am. And then we just have different styles. You know, I'm more, uh, polyamorous, meaning I I'm capable of having multiple love relationships and, and Sharon's not, she's more, you know, she's her emotional, um, uh, relationship is with me exclusively. And, and the guys that she meets is more wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. She doesn't care to know them. Doesn't care to know anything about them. And I'm, I'm different. So your band, if your drummer went off and played with another band, you, you wouldn't get jealous of that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's funny how, uh, there's a lot of things that change. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember a story on, on another show that it's S S T S <laughs> that you were very upset when one of your band members did something. Yep. I was. You, you and, said, I'm out of here. Yeah. And, and it's funny how, the, how things, how things change when, <laughs> when, you're grown, you know, I'll tell you, there's one, that's the other part. Talk about honor. I don't want to call, you know, I don't want to be the you know pot that's calling the kettle black anymore. Right. Right. Um, that, that's another thing that, that, you know, for, for that I see a lot. I, and I, and I pick up on it quick. It's, it's, you know, th- there are some cases and this is kind of funny. I'm going to say something that completely contradicts that. But like when I was, when I was a supervisor and I had people under, you know, you know, I would tell them flat out, okay, there is a few, there are a few double standards here. <laughs> I get to sit on the phone in the office for as long as I want, but you, you don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> But for the most part, I wasn't going to call somebody on something that I wouldn't myself, you know, hold myself to that same standard, you know, at least as far as work environment went. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and I yes. think that's where some of the honor comes from is, mm. is when y- you wouldn't do something, but someone else does. Like what, what you just said, right? You you would not, do, you, you know, why did that per- I would never do that to that band. So why did that person do that to our band kind of thing? Right. And then, and it's just a standard that was set that was broken. And then there's hard feelings because you, you had an emotional attachment there and, and they didn't obviously. Yeah. Or, and the main thing about that, once again, was a common thread is, uh, there was a, uh, deception involved. And that's the the main thing. I'll tell you, this is crazy, you know, in my relationship, because this is where I finally got to learn these tools is, you know, when when we decided to to have a relationship together, uh, I, I was going to California for an, my annual trip and Sharon was going back to Bend for her annual trip. And both of us knew that we were going to go back and hook up with various people that we know back there. And both of us had a hard time coming to the other and saying, by the way, (laughs) by the by. Yeah. Because we'd never done it before. Our MO was you just don't say anything about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's how that's how we lived. It's kind of like the husband going to the nudie bar, the titty bar. You just don't come home and start telling your wife, hey, you should have seen what I did tonight. (laughs) Trust me, your wife knows when you come home from the nudie bar. No, but I'm just saying you don't talk about it. Right. Some things you just. And you have this you have this this built in. You know, there's just certain things you don't say and do because you just just never done it. And here was the test. It was like, hey, by the way, and it was the first time we'd ever done it. And it was so weird how difficult it was. But in the end, how big of a relief it was. And that set up the pattern of of so like now 
for example, if I got a text message, you know, from some lady friend of mine saying, hey, you know, do you got something going on later? Then I would just let Sharon know. I'd send her a text saying, hey, I'm going over to so-and-so's house, you know, and it's usually have fun. <laughs> That's great. Honest with yourself and being honest with with your partner and the people around you. I mean, it, like you said, it's it's tough, but it's got to be incredibly rewarding. Yeah, it really. And that's where I think where like Dave was talking about how he treats uh, other people and, you know, my own things. A lot of it, a lot of that isn't so much for the other person as it is for myself that that I want to feel this, how I feel inside, because there's nothing worse than than I would. I just don't want to be corrected. I'd rather have somebody say, hey, you know, you don't have to you can call me Dave, you know. Versus the other way around and say, you know, hey, Dave, um, excuse me, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm Mr. Mm. So-and-so to you. Um, you can always call me Dave, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> can we call you Sweetie Pie? <laughs> uh, call- sure. That's fine. Uh, Angel rules. I mean, you, you heard when my Hannah mom came buttons? on earlier, uh, she called me Bully. As long, yeah. as, as long as you don't call me that, that's fine. Yes. Everyone, Dave. <laughs> Dave's name is now <laughs> Bully. That was- that's what, oh, what his that's what his name was when he was born. Uh-huh. It actually started, you know, uh, sorry Dave, I have to tell this, but it actually <laughs> started with Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Freudian slip there. Yeah, and then it and then it just kind of uh rolled to Boo Lee. Um but I don't know if Dave ever liked that or not, but until you have your own kids, probably Doug understands, but yeah, oh, yeah. You, you other two probably don't. And probably would never until you have it. Well, do you call your dog short names? Like, was it Maximus and you call him Max for short or come up with different names for him? You know, it's kind of the same thing. You yeah. you kind of come up with these cute nicknames because they're just so adorable. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Dave, uh, you're I so remember. adorable. Well, it's going well, to be my rap name. Everybody, <laughs> everybody knows when I did that interview that um, he, was, he was a preemie. He was 2.2 pounds when he was born. Yeah, he was in the hospital for eight weeks. We brought him home at four and a half pounds. So, you know, he just he's a miracle baby as far as we're concerned. And so, yeah, we, you know, of course, we're going to dote all over him. And he always holds a special place in your heart. All your kids do. But when you go through something like that with one of your kids, it's something that, you know, holds a piece of your heart, right? Well, I'll attest to that just because I, I was, I mean, geez, I could have been born in a bubble. I mean, I was, I was born with a double hernia. I had, uh, you know, asthma. I was, I'm, I was, I'm, I was allergic to pretty much every natural fiber on the face of the earth, not to mention pollens and everything like that. You know, it was, it was just horrible. So it was not hard for me to become a mama's boy, mm. you know, because my mother had, she, I required a lot of special care all the time. And so I have a relationship with my mother that is, you know, very different. There's a, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I stayed around the house a lot longer than my sister did. There's a lot of reasons why I'm more comfortable there than my sister is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes back to the fact that of, of how, you know, that relationship. I get it. Of course I had it rough. There was 150 of us living in a shoebox in the middle of the road. <laughs> I was saying, were you in the land of meek? <laughs> so you came uh, from rags to riches? No. I riches came to from rags, rags and stayed in rags. <laughs> I'm still in rags. 
Do you want to buy some rags? <laughs> I'm in the business of rags. <laughs> I, I happen to marry one of your family there, Doug. <laughs> oh, hope she didn't hear that. I'll tell her. not thin ice there, bro. Oh, crap. Dave's on. I'll tell her, I'll tell her tomorrow when I phone her. So what yeah, is... And, and, Oh, I was just going to say, and if she uses mom voice on Dave, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What did he say? <laughs> so what are some codes of honor that you guys live by to wrap up this topic? Keep it in your pants. <laughs> well, you can keep well, it out of I your mean, pants, but just make sure I'm, you're not, you yeah, know. Well, don't dishonor the person that you love or that you, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Hanno's relationship is different, but that's both sides agree. Yeah, right? and there's still, there are still rules. Yeah, and there's still rules, and it's the same. Me and Mum, both our sides agree that we won't. You know, we will stay faithful. Oh, good. If you took a turn there, I would have been like, drop the headphones. I mean, I've been, you know, traveling and been pretty loaded, and girls have tried, and I'm just like, nope. I mean, it's inbred in me. I you, won't do you it. You do look like Van Dam, so. <laughs> yeah, it's more like they're drunker than I am. <laughs> I, have, I have a question for you. I have a question for you, married men. Yes, this yes. Is, so this is something that that I heard. Uh, it was on a radio show or something like that. And the, and it came down to, you know, people that had, uh, it had to do with kind of like, uh, looking at celebrities who've, you know, or, uh, it was politicians or something where, you know, somebody had slept with the other one and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was actually a couple of women that were talking about this and they were saying, you know, the list, the list of vows that I took at my wedding. I mean, you know, you have the health and the blah and the da, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Out of all those vows, I'm not going to go throw away that marriage and all those vows just because of the sex part. Yet people do. Yep. They put that up with everything else. And these particular women were talking that they wouldn't do it. Now, they're going to make their man's life a living hell. But they looked at it as one small component. So what do you guys think of that? Well, I mean, realistically, it is, but the emotional scars of any type of betrayal, whether it be uh, an emotional betrayal, a physical betrayal, any of that, it it would cut anyone to the quick. All of a sudden, you know, you're laboring under the impression uh, someone is devoted to you, whether that be emotionally, physically, or both, and then that is betrayed. Or you find out that, you know, this potentially could be a complete lie. I think uh, in some cases that just destroys some people. They, they're they not able to see beyond the betrayal. And they then they throw it into everything. If you betrayed right. me here, you're not going to be there for me when I'm sick. You're not going to, you know, be there for me, you know, this and blah, blah, blah. I get that, yeah. Maybe those people should ask when they say, I do, you should say, who with? <laughs> and how often and how often <laughs> oh, no. i so mean do you have you ever shop with your daughter you know the most expensive, <laughs> most expensive toy in the friggin toys r us is divorce barbie because it comes <laughs> with the house the car the <laughs> <laughs> sorry so, go ahead so sir douge of lingerie do you have mm. any personal codes of honor uh Jeez, I, you know, I, I want to say, yeah, 
but I think really my codes of honor are somewhat flexible. I, I like to, to think of myself as being loyal, honest, and trustworthy. Uh, but I mean, I mean, those things have been tarnished from time to time, uh, different points in my life. So, you know, at one point I used to, to think that I lived by a code of honor and I had certain things. But upon reflection, uh, I, I can't say that I've I've always been 100 uh, percent on my code of honor. So I, I'll just chalk it up to a loose affiliation of ideals which I ascribe to. Here, here. Here, here. What about, like uh, who hasn't gone? Has David gone? Dave? David. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Lord Pomple Moose. Lord Pompla Moose a lot. Pumps a lot. <laughs> strokes a lot. I'm, I'm, sure, a lot. I'm sure people will you know, come up with You know, it's going to change to Sir Pumps a lot if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that'll change my fortunes. Or Pump a Goose. Pumps a Goose a lot. Pumps a Goose a lot. I always live by the codes of treating treating everybody with respect. Um, always, always being honest and true to your character. Uh Never, never cheating or putting yourself in a in a situation that would that would degrade you or make you make you less of the standards that you hold yourself to as a person, such as cheating. Um, RCC. I'm well. I have nobody to cheat with at RCCC. So. No, you were talking about standards. Sorry. Oh, what about standards at RCCC? Unless this just oh, went way over degraded. my head. I'm, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure your I'm sure your lovely fair head will not be degraded. So is this going to okay. be like what happens in our triple C stays in our triple C? Was that? Oh hell no! Well, gets broadcast. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. If, if yeah, we're if we're if we're drunk at four in the morning and we're all podcasting from the bathtub drinking champagne, it's getting out there, people. That is a great picture. I just saw that in my head, going, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> well, Grant was asking me, you know, how you know on the when we were doing our planning session. Remember, and he asked how I, you know how I was when people get, you know, stupid, stupid drunk around me and, and sloppy. And, and the one thing I didn't say as well, I keep a, uh, some super glue, a magic marker. and a rake. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully you're not staying in our room. Red toenail polish. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But just that's what I said. I'm being very. I'm sticking with Eno, and I'm sticking with Grant. I, I think I think you're screwed, sir. I think I think we're all taking these precautionary steps of like, yeah, we're gonna have a good time, let it be okay. But then we get all together, and it's just gonna turn into nah. drunken chaos. No, no. I I think actually everybody will probably be pretty good because we'll have fun. Yeah, we'll uh, regale each other with tales. We'll bullshit. We'll. Uh, well, there's always know, one though, Doug, right? There's always someone. Someone's gonna do it, but I don't know who that someone's gonna be. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, who could really jump the shark with this group? I mean, yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, after everything that we've pretty much shared with each other in one way or another, I mean, damn Grant with his stranger conversations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn it, like, you're right. How could you possibly I mean <laughs> I mean, it's already out there. I mean, it all is. It's like, yeah, pretty much. So you know what? We'll probably all look out for each other, and it's it'll just. I think so. Yeah. And I think if you do something, you know what? You're gonna have a lot of people saying it's okay. You know what we I just said? Know. We just said honor. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honorable at our triple C. There you have it. There we go. So uh, wrapping up the uh, the honor segment into into the next segment, I want to talk about uh, Sir Duge of Lingerie. Since you are the master of the lingerie, I thought you might be able to engage us in some stories of this next topic, which is fetishes. <laughs> fetishes. Well, I I read on the internet that there's a lot of them. There is <laughs> a lot of fetishes. Uh, there's even fetishes you don't even know existed, people. Oh no, I I I think I've seen most of them. Um <laughs> What was that what was that one that uh uh Daph was saying the other episode where there was like that that alien dildo that like ejaculated balls of whatever? If anyone listened to that one, it was crazy. Go on. Remember this? Yeah, so it apparently it's a dildo that 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 can be kind of like an alien thing. Like if you wanted to pretend to be impregnated, and it would like squirt liquid beads into you with gel. Oh, okay, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now that like who thought of this shit? Like, that's a lot of trouble to go through for something you can get pretty darn easy. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like fetishes are just so freaking creepy. Like I I I personally don't have any myself. I don't know what we're gonna share or whatnot, but I just. I know a friend who uh, who has a huge foot fetish, which I just do that's, not understand. Yeah, now, he, let's, let's he do likes this. Huge feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to share something feet. about giant women. <laughs> <laughs> what about giant women? <laughs> What's it? Well, check this out. So I was watching. Um, oh, it's one of those you know those kind of weekly or monthly sex documentary things on HBO or whatever it was. And this guy, what he does is he makes uh, a miniature set of like a city and it's got little cars and little people and this and that. And then he hires uh, models to come in and he uh, films and photographs this and they, they go through the city and destroy a thing. And it's like the 50 foot tall woman or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, and they can, they can crush cars and they, and they do these close-ups where they follow the, so the woman picks up a little, you know, figure of a man and it's a close-up as she puts it down her throat because evidently men have this thing with being swallowed and this is all done for sex. And I was like, okay, I kind of remember when I was a kid seeing some of the, the giant, you know, the, the, the 50 foot tall woman thing. And, and there was a, there was something to that, that fascinated me, but I lost it a long time ago. <laughs> now but, I thought it was going to go in another direction. I thought you were going to say he pays these models to come in and like take dumps all over these, uh, <laughs> these cities. <laughs> Well, they, but they, it, they, they practically, um, Hey, you know, they might, you know, and I, they, I there's a lot of sitting and, you know, I thought you were talking about big women as in sideways. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about like giant as in tall. Like oh. I actually had a, I, I remember as a, as a young boy having that something that was bordering on, even though I didn't know really about sex, but I had something bordering on a sexual fantasy about that. It's just I was too young to know what it was, but I distinctly remember having this fascination with ridiculously tall women. You know, and mm. I'm I'm not talking about Amazons. I'm talking about giants, right? Right. And, and and I can't. I mean, you know, and it went away at some point. And so, you know, that's evidently a fetish for a lot of men is that, you know, being uh, being crushed, being swallowed, being you know. <laughs> yes, and and Mr. Freud would say that it is all stemming from the fact that you wish to climb back into the womb through <laughs> the giant vagina. Here, here's a question: uh, Can you guys date or hook up with somebody that uh, is taller than you? Sure. 
I have. I was I was yeah. with a, a a woman that was uh, so I'm about uh, five nine in my tennis shoes, and and I was with uh, someone a woman that was almost six feet tall, and I'll tell you it was a trip the first time she came by when my parents were around because my parents are both five foot two and my sisters maybe all of five foot three, and and Kathleen just towered over everybody in the room. And she never had a problem with it. And because she, I knew she didn't have a problem with it, I never had a problem with it. So number one, yeah, I guess you were giving a lot of underboob at that point. Because so, <laughs> your, your eyes would have been right there. You know, the first thing that jumped in my head is, boy, that'd bring a new meaning to doing the limbo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, anything that you can think of, there's a sexual appetite for it. Oh. Yeah. Because I, with sex being such a cerebral experience, it is, you know, the sky's the limit for what can turn you on. That's why I thought uh, you meant big people like wide, mm. like really wide. I, I know that there's quite a fetish for that. Now, one of the fetishes I do not understand, but I find it very amusing is the the people who have balloon fetishes balloon yeah can you they apply, are I, sexually aroused by inflated balloons they like to touch oh them oh god stroke. help that person that goes to a fair or a freaking carnival oh yeah oh. you know <laughs> getting turned on left right and center <laughs> But they they claim that it's it's relatively innocent, and I guess it it doesn't hurt anybody. It just it struck me as being extremely odd that someone would be turned on by balloons. And then I I thought about it. Well, you know, some people like latex, some people like tight fitting leather clothing, and you know, I I can start to understand why someone might get that arousal. I I think that one popped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, douche? I think you're blowing this all out of proportion. <laughs> 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 I don't. I, I, no, I did see a video about a fetish once that was involved this cup in two girls. You wouldn't believe this. Thing. Two girls, one cup. Mm. Hmm. Cup. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell a very I think bad I heard that joke. On yeah. Maybe I'll tell a very bad. Should I tell a very bad joke? I'll probably of get hate. I'll get hate mail. Do you know how you make love to a? You know how you make love to a fat woman? Oh, I've heard this one. <laughs> You flip through the rolls till you smell shit and then go one back. <laughs> or you dip them in flour, one of the two. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend who, uh, who who went home with a lady and uh, they get back to her apartment and she said, um, hey, uh, I want to do something special for you. Uh, go lay under that table. And it was a glass table. And uh, so he did, and she gets all naked and starts dancing on it. And then she squats over it and takes a shit on top of it. <laughs> he said he's never bolted out of there Special. quicker in his whole life. <laughs> now that now that's a like, I can go down the list of the fetishes that I just ah, uh, and one of them is just the idea of watching women poop. That it's like to me uh, women sorry, to me women but, don't poop. It's it's yeah, it doesn't exist. Like ah, uh, you know. We, well, all, we all poop, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> there are individuals who not only enjoy seeing it, but also enjoy 
enjoy partaking in the delights of the fecal face sandwich. Uh, And and trust me, someone someone sent me a link on the internet and said, here, search this on Google. And me, like an idiot, (laughs) searched it. And some of the images are just burned into the back of my brain. Dude, you're shitting me. <laughs> no, I shit you not. <laughs> oh, boy. I, just, I mean, I've peed on a woman before. What? Involuntarily? What? Voluntarily, yeah, because oh, she jumped okay. on the toilet before I could get there. And I was like, all right. Coming just in. on her boobs and it ran down and <laughs> went right down to the spot. Wow. That's but awesome. I, I wouldn't, but I don't get it off on it you know what i mean yeah. like i know people that get off on it i know and and uh that's great every whatever your thing is you know so it's, did you have sex after that gotta ask well yeah we were it was before after and in between <laughs> it, was, <laughs> so. it was a lot of fetishes going on that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think and the I think I, the fetish queen is or king is uh glenn so, quagmire so oh is, yeah 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 is, is yeah. that a point where you looked at her and said you're an eight Rapunzel on strikes again. Rapunzel on strikes again. Peace off. I think there's actually some photos from that night. (laughs) (laughs) And you've shared them all with the Pure BS podcast. (laughs) That's another thing I don't understand is is photo sharing. I I personally couldn't do it. Oh, gotcha. Like I've I've had I've had a few women send me quite a few pictures. But I could never send any back because I just don't feel like that's that's something you want to throw out there. Like oh, I don't no. even talk to these girls anymore, but I, I still have their pictures, admittedly. But <laughs> <laughs> and and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, send us your clit pics, your dick pics, and your butthole pics. <laughs> we will take it all, people. We would, yeah. We'd love to see, yeah. We'd love to see but the squeegee, squeegee flaps. <laughs> send, send, send them all in. I don't understand how people. <laughs> How, why people do that like why would you why not why, why not just do it in 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 person instead of exchanging damn it, these we're digital trying. pictures <laughs> we're all shy exhibitionists ooh that actually defines the last person that uh sent me a lot of pictures quite quite a lot mm. you didn't get the hint dave like what does it take no no I no. Mean, I, I tried trust me these, I, these I, persons are probably going way beyond a nor- their I, normal i went round. above and beyond my normal charm and and go-gettery and it did not work why did she send your pictures in because she was shy and she just couldn't do it. it she was all talk yeah that you know and that's it's just like lifting your skirt when you're a kid and you that, know yeah. and that gets frustrating when they but see to me i'm not shy but i have no way i would send a picture of myself that's just totally opposite yeah yeah that's what i don't get when you say she's shy but she's sending you provocative pictures like what but, but don't forget sexting is Probably something that's not overly familiar to those of us <clears throat> over the age of twenty-eight. Um, it it's bite your perfect. tongue, douche. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us. It, it it's something that uh, a lot of people are comfortable with, and really, I think for those people who are into to uh, sending naked pictures, if they're sent and received with the spirit of you know playful sexuality i i don't think there's anything wrong with them but too many, however they can't get away from you too many people do uh 
just just send them to the wrong people like uh, at my old job uh there, there's this amazingly gorgeous girl that uh i did i did happen to hang out quite a bit and becomes friends with and i took her out on a date once but she was dating this douchebag and uh and one day um and this might break into the honor code here but one day he's walking by he's like hey you want to see a picture of this girl naked and i was like hell yeah i do because i know i'm never going to see it but he was just passing them around and showing everybody oh i have uh naked photos of my pharmacist <laughs> wow and i i did not <laughs> request them uh, he... <laughs> <laughs> no, but the guy that shared them is <laughs> excellent. Uh, it's like, damn. But uh, yeah, they, it was passed. One guy that hooked up with her passed him on to Sharon, and Sharon showed him to me. And I'm just like, yep, that's my pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> damn. <laughs> but here's the thing with that is, is like for you know, I I play around a lot with the BDSM uh, quote unquote community. And I'm not, I'm not a lifestyle person in it. It's more of just a, a well, it's a fetish thing. <laughs> Curiosity. Yeah. yeah it's, it's more of a scene thing. It's, you know, I, 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 I have, you know, pets and subs and things like that, but it's, it's a whole world different than the people that do it as a lifestyle. They, you know, with contracts and stuff, but um, there are a lot of, a lot of women and men that popped up there, especially after 50 shades of gray where they are they're just wanting to play out their fantasies a little bit in their heads. They are not anywhere near comfortable meeting with anybody. They don't want to, but they can share some photos, they can talk some stories, they can get into it, they can see whether they want to even, you know, try it. The problem is is that there are a lot of men out there who if you lead them on a little, they become freaking freaky stalkers. That's oh man, don't get me started on that one men's behavior on the on the um the internet when you're on a sex site like oh all of a sudden all the honors out the window yeah. but well, never uh, use chat roulette yeah <laughs> what do you mean stalker she's my girlfriend she just doesn't know it yet <laughs> just exactly yeah <laughs> but um but i i see that so often and you know i've had it happen to me too where somebody and and it became pretty clear pretty quick that they really weren't you know that nothing was going to come of this and i was like that's cool you know it's i get people want to experiment they want to see their limits you know it, it sucks for somebody all of a sudden disappears or flakes off the minute you want to set something up for real but i just go hey that's cool you know i'm no big deal to me you know mm. i think it's a little different if you're you know more in a dating kind of a thing that would be a little odd but I'm still curious what's going to happen if I bring a girl home and she looks over at my closet and sees the banana hammocks that I I was given. Um, well, what say those were your away? Say those were your hats when you were a baby. That's a, that's even creepier. Why do I save them? Well, gentlemen, shall we leave it off there? No, no, we got one more topic that we still haven't. Uh, unless we're not going to talk about that topic. Which one was that one? You didn't have that one. PB and J. PB and J. PB and J. PB and I forgot about PB and J.
it's a pretty epic song, I will say. It is. And I, I have say. heard it. I say have so. you? Yes, I have. I don't think this would be a long topic, PB&J. I mean, really, a dessert or meal. And, and how it came up was, I think I had sent, somebody had said something, but I'd read somewhere where it says, PB&J, you know, to the rich, is it a dessert? Or to the poor, is it a meal? Oh, trust me, it's a meal to the poor. I've got a, I'm, one of my best friends has no money, and he always eats peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But I'm thinking it tastes so damn good. I think if you're rich, you'd still eat a PB and J. Damn right. So my question is, Dave, what was your motivation for that song? Uh, Share my, with us. I was in Chicago, and uh, we had this this very jolly, friendly next door neighbor that Dad became really good friends with, and we kind of all just started talking to. And uh, one day we were sitting by a pool and he was just like, peanut butter and jelly. It's good <laughs> in my belly. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a cool tune. He's like, yeah, it is a cool tune. I, I've always had it that's stuck That's all in my head. he knew. Just, just to <clears throat> clarify, that's all he'd ever say is peanut butter and jelly. It feels good in my belly. But he would you do it took in, it from there. Yeah, yeah. And then I literally like got you, up, you went asked home. He said, can I take that and write a song around? He says, oh, I love that kind of thing. Right. So, so I did. And that, that's how Peanut Butter and Jelly was born. And if Hannah wants to cover it, I would be truly honored. Oh, my God. It'd be a hit oh, song. Yeah, I'm telling you. <clears throat> I'm sorry to be the voice of dissension, but <laughs> I truly cannot abide by Peanut Butter and Jelly. I'm more of a Peanut Butter and Jam aficionado. What's the difference? Pish posh. Pish posh. Is there a difference between Jelly and Jam? Yeah, there is. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, most definitely. Does I it, like them. I like them both. Doesn't it all go. spread for different flavor? I don't know. Is what's the difference between jelly and jam? <laughs> well, think of it this way: if you look at jelly, it must be jelly because jam don't shake like that. It basically is like <laughs> gelatin with flavor, and jam is actually has pieces of fruit in it, thick. Oh, I got, I got it's, you. I got the difference now. Yeah. So jelly usually. Jolly's cheaper. Peanut and butter has... and jam doesn't ring as well, though, Doug. <laughs> Peanut <laughs> butter and jam. It jam. goes. It tastes better than ham. <laughs> there we well, go. I'm liking well, it. You could go jammy. Peanut I'm butter doing, and jammy. I'm doing almond butter and marmalade. Almond butter, butter and marmalade. marmalade. <laughs> it's just better than your mama's marmalade. <laughs> Marmalade's better. <laughs> better vibes. If people are very lucky, I, I heard there's rumors that there might be a guitar at our triple C, and I might play it live. Oh, there will be. There will be guitars. So Excellent. You will hear peanut butter and jelly live. Yes. That'd be Absolutely. cool if you brought your acoustic and we were sitting in the room. Like I remember doing that when I was a kid. Well. When you're in Jams. school and you go somewhere and someone would pull out a guitar and you'd all be singing, Ee! you know, like Michael. That means that means I got to play in spoken love too. So it'll be a jam session, not a jelly session. A jam <laughs> session. <laughs> you're just jellious. That's yes. all. You have my permission. I never liked jelly or jam with my peanut butter when I was a kid. I liked sugar. Sugar okay. and peanut butter. Uh, I, I I had peanut butter and sugar. God. I made I made the mistake once of, of telling my aunts that I I enjoyed Nutella, even oh. though, well this this might go in a binge because I'm sure people love it, but it it's really not oh. my cup of tea. And every oh. single time I see them, they give me a huge tub of Nutella, and I never oh. eat it. I have to <laughs> give it away. Just look at <laughs> just just foulness upon foulness. 
that's my answer for you. And you gotta you gotta face them and actually look at them and say, look, um, you know, I did like this, but you've yeah, given like me so scotch. much. You you know, yeah. That's, yeah, no, you, I really I love like scotch. scotch. <laughs> it's really one. <laughs> you know, if, just in case, you know, just to let you know, yeah. I'm hooked to scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Nutella's uh, so passe. <laughs> I found this uh, almond almond butter, and it's it's uh, it's almonds. So That's it's it. Like Greg almond. It, yeah, exactly. Greg yeah. Almond butter. Uh, it gives you a good rush. I'm telling you, you know, I hit a whole bottle of that almond butter and, you know, the next thing you know, I'm calling for IVs to get me to, you know, come off of the stuff so I can pick because, you know, you can't go on tour if you're, you know, <laughs> craving the almond butter. But it's seriously, it has one ingredient, almonds. That's it. Everything. It's the oil is from the almonds. Everything. It's just almonds. Wow. And yeah, and it's it's fantastic. It is also so stupid expensive. <laughs> but if you go look, most people don't look at the label of peanut butter. It's crap most of the time, and there's so much sugar in there and salt and everything else. But it goes here. Right here's something with the peanut butter. Here in Canada, you can't send kids to school with peanut butter sandwiches. Yes, that's true. Because really? of there are some children that have. Anaphylactic shock. Oh, that's right. Come in contact with peanuts. You know, it's funny. I didn't have that problem when I was a kid. Mm. Ever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody went into anaphylactic shock in any of the grades that I was ever in over peanuts. Yeah. But I I, I just don't understand where they're they're going with that. So the kid brings the sandwich. He eats it. He throws the wrapper out. What, is he going to go and, like, stuff it in this kid's face? Maybe they're worried about bullies? Well, you know, for liability... Uh, purposes. Yeah, it, really, the schools are just yeah. covering their own ass. It, it so little. I'm with yeah. Hannah with all the years growing up and with having kids. I've never seen anything happen. And then all of a sudden it became this big yep. deal that everybody's allergic to everything. We've got to take everything out of the schools. It's got, it, It's weird. Well, a friend you of know, mine go ahead. a friend of mine has his son uh, has a peanut allergy and it, it is so insanely He's so insanely sensitive to it. And so, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. And one of the things he, he saw was the studies that they've come out of. It's come out of primarily Israel um, and I think a couple of the other uh, uh, countries in that area where the kids don't have these problems. But they also mm-hmm. – um, most of the parents give the kids at a very early age this peanut-based snack. It's yep. like a little treat. And they've been giving it to them forever and ever. And guess what? None of the kids have peanut allergies there. Exactly. <laughs> or if they do, they were born with them. But they, it, it's something has happened. Something, And that's where they're, they're looking at the United States now. Is like, okay, what are parents not giving their kids? Or what are they giving them instead that has created this uh, well, you know, sensitivity? I've heard, and this is no basis by it, but I've heard that less and less mothers are doing breastfeeding. They're all going to formulas. And I'm wondering, someone had said that that's part of what's going on with why people have more illnesses and allergies and different things. I don't know if that's true or not. Like I said, I just heard it. I didn't read it. But it makes sense. I mean, you think back in our day when we were growing up, everybody was breastfed. Yeah, and, and also the the um, the craze for uh, 
I mean, it's just insane. This germaphobe stuff and the sanitizers and stuff. I was like the first time I, my, uh, I, I rented a place from my, my sister and my brother-in-law and, uh, my first nephew when he was just, you know, a little toddler and stuff. And I was out there talking to Mark and, and Nate just goes over to the garden hose and just starts chewing on the end of it. And it's filthy as hell. And Mark didn't do a damn thing about it. And I have seen parents that would lose their freaking (laughs) minds over that now. Or even drinking out of a hose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bottled water. Oh, it's unreal. I remember chewing. You'd be out in a store and you'd be leaning against something. You'd be chewing on the ledge, not even thinking about it. (laughs) I I was on the subway with my youngest at the time. She was two and the tongue came out and she licked the pole uh, that that you would hold on to. And I'm just like, oh, well, Well, if you survive that, you're going to be great. (laughs) You're doing great. You'll survive the zombie apocalypse. Well, it's it's too late for you now, but I'll keep quiet and see how you're doing. What pole was she licking? (laughs) Did you guys think that that study... They actually went onto the subways in New York and and took swabs and yeah. and put them under genetic tests and it was like it was ninety eight percent not human. I mean, it was, oh, nice. and there were a few species that were discovered. I, mean, I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was just it was like unreal. We're not alone. Yeah, and we are not alone in the subways. Well, you know, this is way off topic, but did you hear or have you heard the theory that because of the amount of bacteria on living animals, there are who have theorized that we are mainly and merely bacteria, that everything we are is just a result of bacteria and the the illusion we have that we are this autonomous being is just that oh, yeah. an illusion. It is a total illusion. Yeah. The, I don't know if you guys remember that's incredible. And, and they would do the, uh, they would do the microscopic close-ups and show you the, the creatures that lived on your nose and that lived on your skin. And it was like, <gasps> you know, they look like monsters and everything, but that was their point is that our, and, and that's where they're starting to do a lot of studies is, is that we literally have, colonies i mean we are a we're a walking biome and that's from the inside out like all over us and and the everything we're in a symbiotic relationship with all of these creatures and that and that we're meant to have this bacteria the amount of um you know why why i take probiotics is the the um, the the amount of uh of those biotics or whatever you'll call them uh, creatures in your gut. It's literally pounds and pounds of them. You're supposed to have an unreal amount living in your gut to take care of everything. And, you know, we deplete it, get rid of it. You know, we have all of our antibiotics and stuff. Most people never replenish it again. So many of these sort of so-called modern maladies of, you know, anaphylaxis and whatnot may be a result from bacterial imbalance. Yeah. That we no longer and oh that was the thing that I that I, I heard about. So you can basically take your poop, put it in a bag, send it off. They do a DNA test on it and they let <laughs> Did you, you just know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have an idea and this of a business idea, and I need uh, people that drink a lot to help me with this. But it's uh, FedExing a fart in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so if someone with a really good hangover, you know, can fill up about oh, 
20, 30 um, Ziploc bags of their, their gas the next day. And then we'll start a business where you just put in an order, and you give it. the address, and we will FedEx a, a clear bag of fart to somebody. Just think think about what Doug's saying. What company's going to ship that? Because they'll be known as the shitty shipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, the truck's brown already. I mean, come on. <laughs> They're the most shitty shipper. They'll tell you what uh, what you're what you're lacking in. They'll they can do a complete breakdown of all of your your basically your insides and what levels there are of various bacteria, and then help you um, find where you are out of balance. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. You you drop your shit in a bag along with fifty bucks US, and I'll uh, I'll send you back a report. Now, will you will you do that by taste test or smell test? I won't do it by any test. I'm just sending you back a sheet. A sheet. Oh, is that a different your, language? Your bacteria all good. Because I've heard it shite and uh, shite. sheet and shit. So you're gonna, you're going to send back his same sheet. <laughs> Same sheets back to him. Yeah. Well, no, that's an extra fifteen dollars shipping and handling if you want the shit returned. If you want if you want <laughs> if you want the shitty service. I'll uh, only do a... it if I can poop over somebody. <laughs> so, so does it get quicker if it runs? Uh, so I think in all honesty, it's just a Q tip and you just swab your booty a little. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what will we call our company? Payday? <laughs> it's just a baby rouge it's all good <laughs> thank you Mr. Bill Murray there's nothing it should be priceless we ever get off PB&J on that <laughs> hey so uh, does that mean with the bacteria that I'm good with uh, sticking my unit into the PB&J and you know, because and adding some mayo texture, and yeah. I would expect nothing less. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we I running this back to PB and J. We were, uh, we were at a me and that guy that was playing in the song. We're at a bar one night playing it, and we did this kind of banter before the last chorus, where I'd, I'd bring it down and uh, I would talk about how much I love peanut butter and jelly, and I'd be like, yeah. So I like to toast it, um, you know, put some, you know, put some bananas in between, cut it down the middle. Uh, what do you like to do, Dave? And, and he would hit he would hit the note and stop it, and he'd be like, "Well, I like to take a bagel. I like to put peanut butter and jelly in it, and I like to fuck it." There was dead silence, and then everybody burst out laughing. <laughs> Thank God for laughter. <sighs> so did he do the hole in the bagel? Oh, he's, he's pretty much got it. I can hear it. And it was good. And it was the man. And it was good. And then all you all you do for the verses is palm muted. But yeah, if you if you want to write a cover to that or play it, go ham, man. Peanut butter and jelly. It goes good in my belly. It goes real good in my belly. There you go. You have to sing it like Axel Rose. Peanut <laughs> yeah. yeah. butter and jelly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I went hootie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy. He's. He's got such a unique voice. He's hard to. Oh shit! He's yeah. a unique voice. Unique. He's got a unique. unique. Voice. Well, how else do you think he oh. hits those high notes? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. You know that there was that one. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a Grammys where uh, Axel came on stage with Tom Petty, and I mean Tom Petty has always been, you know, 
kind of the rock and roll rebel, you know, he said just attitude and all this, you know, and Axel came on stage and it was like, wow, Tom Petty just looked like a pathetic little man. <laughs> I mean, it was like, <laughs> holy shnikes. It's just that you suddenly realize the power of Axl Rose. And that's that's because that's why everybody hates him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, he- so rumor has it that he and Slash have uh, become friends again. Really? Yes. And that wow. there's. Yeah, and that uh, uh, get one of the guitar players for Axel's current version of Guns N' Roses has left, and maybe another one might be leaving, and there maybe maybe someday they're coming an, back. An actual yeah. Guns N' Roses reunion, yes, with with Slash and Axel. So uh, Slash hasn't played with Axel since 1993, since uh, Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very happy. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. That would be. Awesome. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys in the L.A. like rock and roll scene. I listen to some podcasts where, you know, they've got a lot of the guys that were around back then. And, and you know, all of them are just like, you know, if you you guys could just put it aside and come out, it'd be one of the greatest rock and roll events, you? you know, that we've yep. seen in so long. Because everyone acknowledges how fantastic, you know, everyone in that band was, except for Steven Adler. But I'm not saying anything. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> very honorable of me <laughs> yes, yes, yes and we're full circle yeah <laughs> back to honor yeah. oh, crap. so our our email is ingloriousgentlemensclub at outlook.com ingloriousgentlemensclub I know that was a long freaking email I don't know what I was thinking about <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is um and Twitter is Inglorious Gents, at Inglorious Gents. Is that right? Yeah, Doug? that's correct. I was just going to say, I don't know if we want to give ours or if that's the way to people. Get a hold. People can find us. They know who we are. Our infamy yes. is, is yes, quite yes, wide. Yes, yes, yes. Do you know what I, I did forget fun. really quickly yeah. is uh, tips. Tips, yes. I'll just give the you tip. a tip. <laughs> just the tip segment. Just the just tip. tip. Hmm. So what do you guys got for quick tips this week? <laughs> Well, I've got a quick tip for you. Again, I'm taking you back to the kitchen. When you are shopping for your groceries and you're purchasing dried goods, uh, sundries, and uh, canned goods, you might want to think with every shopping trip of purchasing two or three extra goods to set aside. Because when it all goes to hell, people, you want to have some canned goods stored up so that you can eat. Well said. So when I was shopping for a house here in Idaho, I went into a couple of houses where next to the garage was this huge room with shelves in it. And generally there was always something left over, like a serious like 50-gallon you know, cardboard army surplus drum of like rolled oats or something. And uh, it was one real estate agent finally said, uh, yeah, Mormons, they're required to have a year's worth of, of food and whatever, you know, for just in case. And so all of these houses where a Mormon had lived had this storage room and it was it was amazing just the size of them and how much they had prepared for canned goods and things like that for the, you know, my tip is uh, if it, every, everybody at one point has to move and everybody always needs help. So the two tips I can give you is this. If you're, if you're asking a friend to move, 
tell them kind of exactly what you need to move. Don't, don't just say, yeah, I've got a few things. It shouldn't take very long and then show up and they've got piles and piles of furniture that takes you eight hours. Uh, the second tip I can say is uh, not to be derogatory, but bring a few decent people that can lift furniture. Uh, I, I, I helped a friend move today and uh, I was the only guy there. And there was four girls that were about five, two and really couldn't lift anything. So I had to do all the lifting myself. So at least try to get a few people, guys or girls, that can do some decent lifting and things go much smoother. But were the girls watching you lift? They were. Ah, see, it was all worthwhile. I did. I, oh, actually, I did get a number today. I will say that. Oh, what, like uh, 32. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to give a auto tip this weekend because last weekend I landed up doing a friend's breaks all four of them on the Friday night and he was having such problems with them and when I took them apart they were absolutely disastrous and I found out when he changed his pads he never changed the rotors so please don't cheap out if you're ever doing breaks and they're so cheap now always change your rotors with your pads it's an extra maybe 60 bucks aside, but the longevity of your pads will probably double. So you make that money back anyways. So that's my tip because then I landed up doing my son's truck on the Sunday and landed up all four of his brakes needed done. So in one weekend, I did eight wheels of brakes and I replaced the routers and the pads on all of them. And did your son help you replace those <laughs> rotors and pads? <laughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat there. But... <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> but it was his car. Yeah. I, I helped you when you... How many times he said, I'll be out in a minute? Yeah, I, <laughs> I helped you. I helped you when you, you did my car. That? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. But anyways, yes, that's a very important tip. All right, my tip will be... The uh, I'm giving you a tip on the best way to nail a coworker. All right. Ooh. So you go out to the bar with them, right? And then you hit on other random chicks, okay, in front of them. Oh. So that's... you probably won't get laid that night, but you're establishing your wild kind of uh, uh, what is it? Crazy game of of Russian roulette, cock, cock roulette, um, <laughs> with them all. So you know, so you might uh, you know. Now you've established yourself with this as this wild, crazy guy. And uh, next thing you know, you might be uh, banging Linda, the uh, you know school bus driver, uh, a few years later. So, you know, in the long stretch. So always think in, in the future. So, you know, you might not it. You, sometimes you want to toy with your prey a little bit and use a few tools like this. Anybody remember Bob and Doug McKenzie when they did the, the beer hunter? When they, yes. you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, <laughs> they shake a beer and then they put it back in a six pack and then. They mix them all up. <laughs> My brother Bob and I used to play that game frequently. <laughs> That's a wicked game. That was great. Well, anything else, gentlemen? We're missing somebody. Who are we missing? No, we got everybody. You're right. We did. We're missing We're people. Short. We're missing people. So maybe we'll we'll get a few more gentlemen in for next time. This has been the Inglorious Gentlemen's Club. As always, Sir Rocks a lot. Rock us out. I got everything I need 
Almost, I got everything I need, almost, but I don't got you, and you're the thing I need the most. I got a car that I bought, won't get me far, I got a wish on a star. Tell my mom I got everything I need. Almost I got everything I need, almost, but I don't got you, and you're the thing I need the most. Bravo, bravo. By the way, you might think that was a Blues Brothers tune, but it was actually a Canadian band by the name of the Downchild Blues Band. Well, gentlemen, we should probably wrap it up there. We've had, yep. we've had many awesome conversations this evening, but sadly, we must, we must part ways. It's going to be like what happens in our triple C stays in our triple C. Is that? Oh hell no! Well, he gets that's what I was getting yeah. at. <laughs> if, yeah, if we're if we're if we're oh. drunk at four in the morning and we're all podcasting from the bathtub drinking champagne, it's getting God, out there, people. That is a great picture. I just saw that in my head, going, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Our episode where there was like that that alien dildo that like ejaculated balls of whatever. I had a, I had a friend who uh who who went home with a lady and uh. They get back to her apartment and she said, um, hey, uh, I want to do something special for you. Uh, go lay under that table. And it was a glass table. And uh, so he did. And she gets all naked and starts dancing on it. And then she squats over it and takes a shit on top of it. <laughs> he said he's never bolted out of there quicker in his whole life. I mean, I've peed on a woman before. What? Involuntarily? What? Voluntarily, yeah, because oh, she jumped okay. on the toilet before I could get there. And I was like, all right. Coming just in on her boobs and it ran down and <laughs> went right down to the spot. Oh, I have uh, naked photos of my pharmacist. <laughs>